Welcome to Esoterica the Podcast, where we discuss the obscure, offbeat, and unusual. I'm Chris Schultz. And I'm Aaron Christian. Today's episode is brought to us by Viridian Dynamics. Diversity. Just the thought of it makes these white people smile. We believe everyone works best when they work together, even if they're just standing around. Just like we enjoy varieties of foods, we enjoy varieties of people, even though we can't eat them. At Viridian Dynamics, we're committed to a multi-ethic workplace. You can shake on it. Viridian Dynamics. Diversity. Good for us. So, what do we have in store for our audience today, Aaron? Well, we are going to be listening to singer-songwriter Sidney Gish's second album called No Dogs Allowed. Uh, It was released at the end of 2017. Um, so Sidney Gish is also the, uh, uh, earned the 2018 Album of the Year Award for No Dogs Allowed at the Boston Music Awards, um, which may make it seem like she is not esoteric, but she is, because mm. I said so. Um, no, I think the style definitely fits um, a little bit more of our theme, and um, on top of that, she's not super well known. You know, she's still pretty small time, mixes a lot of her own stuff, a lot of her own music, um, cool. so a lot of fun to listen to. Um, and you know how I am with music. Like I like people that are kind of memes, you know, like, like a meme person mm-hmm. and she's, um, she's a total meme and I love it. I don't even know her <laughs> and I like her. So, and she's a local girl currently studying at Northeastern university, according to her wiki. I page. believe she graduated from Northeastern already, but, ah, okay. um, she, yeah, she looks like she started her career from Northeastern. Nice. So unless there's any ado from Crystal Christopher. Um, we're going to get rolling on the first track called Bird Tutorial. Teaching a parakeet to talk is fun. Teaching a, 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 a parakeet to talk is fun. But the old method took time. This record is specially designed to teach, to teach any old parakeet to talk, any old parakeet to talk, using a scientific method that is hard, hard to learn. Because a carefully trained voice, a scientific voice. Wow, that's a, a heck of a way to open up an album. Yeah, so the sample is from a uh, Hearts Mountain 1950s uh, audio like parakeet training record, um, which I do have a little sample of um, that we can listen to if we want to. I really wish that there were... Um... All, those were still made that that was a thing i know right <laughs> parakeet training records so i love that she pulled this out like we talked about meme type of people like mm-hmm. what a meme to open up the album like that there's just no explaining that to people you know there's no deeper <laughs> meaning here and i love it and uh she you know she didn't uh we, i don't think we heard her or maybe a little bit in the background towards the end there but it was just uh yeah she was playing the instruments well yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know yeah um Props to Sydney for that one. Um, first time I heard that, I was like, "All right, yeah." Now I want to know if she's got a parakeet and if it's well trained or not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the story behind where she found this. But, anyways, not too much to dive into there. Um, but the old boxier like grandparents' records. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my uh, how to strip for your husband. Like I, I don't know where that originated and how it ended up in my collection. That's but awesome. There it is. So our next track um, is called Sin Try.
So she's a smart girl. Well, she went to college. <laughs> that doesn't make you smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mentioned that because uh, it's showboating a little bit. Um, maybe that's just my impression. But there's like a lot going on in the song. There's some intellectual stuff, and it's almost like she's like, hey, look at me. I'm smart. Yeah. I can drop some shit on you. There's a lot of high-level intellectual things, and then there's also like this spoken interlude of, what is this, Improve Your Personality from a 1951 educational film that was shown for like 30 years. Yeah, so this is huge. So this is now the, the second thing that's got a track from the 50s. So I'm wondering if um, one of three scenarios, either she spent some time on Internet Archives, um, two is just a fan of stuff from that era, or three, you know, like had a box of films and records from the 50s that she went through so. yeah yeah i don't know i'm curious i know and i'm not dissing her for dropping the knowledge thing but it, where the first song was nothing but samples and then the second one comes in and it's like drop 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 yeah like she's well, i think she she earns the credibility back with that people may immediately lose if you think about it in terms of um Oh, you just throw out a song with just like parakeets talking. Like yeah. there's some jerk music credits out there that don't want to give people credit for doing things like that. Mm. So, and it's interesting. So I had never heard of the term anti-folk before. Mm. Um, so I I looked that up, and anti-folk is a musical genre that promotes songwriting over technique, and apparently emerged in the '80s as a sort of reaction to the remnants of the. 60s folk scene which is very insular and sort of very pretentious mm -hmm. um so it's almost like a punk approach to folk which is kind of cool yeah. so i'm immediately enamored i'm like oh i like this yeah uh you know huge props to sydney for um for what she's doing here because it's just uh it's one of those things where and she said this in an interview and i'll probably won't say it verbatim but the expectation is that female artists you know will have a particular sound Mm -hmm. And I think she's breaking that barrier here, you know, that she doesn't sound like every other chick on the radio. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's very relatable, too. I mean, she's just talking about being a college student, quite honestly, mm -hmm. you know, and being a being a person in their teens and early 20s. So, you know, just relatable conversation. Oh, what do we get for the next track? Good Magicians. I know a few. Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Well, that's hand magic, but if hand they're you know, like they're an illusionist if they do it on stage. Oh, good to know. Well, yeah. let's listen to some good magic. I love that song. Uh, Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's the sound I got, and that's the only thing I don't like about it is there was that like megaphone kind of sound that gave it that vibe. Yeah, and, and I don't want to relate it to that because that's not what this is. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when the song first came on, I just the sound of the guitar. I think it, it has this very distinct bright sound to it, and it's distorted, but it's not fuzzy. It's yeah. like a clean overdriven. 
overdriven. Yeah. It's basically when you push the signal through the guitar so much that it kicks it into natural distortion. Ah. I like it. It's it's bright and crisp. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun song. All right, so moving along, uh, our next song is called Sophisticated Space. What is sophisticated space? So lyrically, Sydney reminds me of Suzanne Vega. Okay. I don't know if that name means anything. Means nothing to you. Me. She was a um, a late '80s, early '90s. Um, who else? Alternative was the genre then, but she probably would fall into the anti-folk category. Um. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. No. No. Okay. But it's good for people that know um, who she is. Um, Daniel Johnston. Yeah. I don't know. Just saying it. Hmm. Interesting. And and like we're we're pretty far removed from that, but there's something about it. With and maybe it's the the really self 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 produced vibe, you know, because yeah. she's obviously used doing Logic, the program Logic, which is. Um, basically what the program we're using right now on steroids. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, it's not... I'm really stretching saying that. But I think I catch the spirit of what you're trying to say. And she's singing about herself like this is apparently... I'm I'm presuming about Northeastern. Yeah, and so, I mean, we talked about her t-shirt a second ago, right? She's got that shirt, uh, The Snail's a Bitch. Yeah. I mean, what's Daniel Johnston's thing? It's like frog with giant. I'm looking at it right now. That frog with giant oh, ears. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think I think like deep down, like there's like not the schizophrenic side of him, mm-hmm. but like that that part of it is there, you know. And I think in a way. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. Hey, if we ever get the chance to talk to Sydney, uh, I should ask her. If she's a Daniel Johnston fan. I just lost my train of thought here. <laughs> um, oh, okay, perfect. Our next song is called I'm Filled with Steak and Cannot Dance. I love it already. So what practical matters must I sell first? What practical matters must be put down? Which ones to shoot with tranquilizers? Leave them falling on the ground. It made into a bear skin rug. Um, you're a Pink Floyd fan. I am a fan of Pink Floyd. <laughs> you like Flan? <laughs> I um, don't like Flan. I'm on record as hating Flan, but anyway. <laughs> uh, the Wall is an album by Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. and In the Flesh is the first track and also another track on it. Um, the rhythm guitar parts in that song, that do, 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 the tone is exactly the same as her guitar in this. Hmm. Um, so I'm curious as to how she's building her tone whether she's using built-in amps in logic or if she's using pedals um in a certain order but it just it sounds very similar um so i wonder if that's an inspiration or if she just liked the sound or something um but 
kudos. I'm curious, uh, curious as to what her, her musical inspirations are. Yeah, because I think there's a lot here, you know, that um, that feed into it. It's layered. It is. It's like an onion. Onions have layers. That <laughs> they do. Yeah. Shout out Shrek. Um, but moving on, our next song is Where the Sidewalk Ends. Ooh, Shel Silverstein. So it sounds like it could have been the theme song to a kid's movie. Yeah. And um, I'm presuming that Where the Sidewalk Ends is a, a reference to Shel Silverstein. Well, considering the first part of it is I want to write a book and put it in your mailbox. And when you go to pick it up, you would send it back to Amazon. That maybe that's um, in that vein. Yeah. If you were a dreamer, come in. If you were a dreamer, a wisher, a liar, a hoper, a prayer, a magic bean buyer. Right, that's a little Shel Silverstein. <laughs> Creepy looking guy. Yeah, just a little bit. What's that really famous one by him that everybody knows? Where the Sidewalk Ends? No, that, that, not that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the Giving Tree. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, I had that book in my closet when I was a kid. And um, sometimes my mom would flip it out so that Shel Silverstein was staring at me. And I had to turn it around because it was scaring me. I remember one time uh, coming down off a of, off of being high. I was at my dad's house, and there was a jar of Paul Newman spaghetti sauce on the shelf, and Paul Newman was staring at me. It was just freaking me out. <laughs> um, well, our next track is called Mouth Log, and I know when Sydney performed on Audio Tree, I believe. Uh, yeah, on Audio Tree, the, the girl that was running that um, said that was her favorite song, and um, she loved it lyrically. Um, and I would have to agree that it is a really lyrically good song. It's not my favorite song in this album. We'll get to that. Um, but Mouth Log is a really good song. Worth noting. Let's listen to Mouth Log. All right. On my phone, I got a list of food I ate and people I kissed. And because of this, I'm losing weight. I'm bad in my eyes like siren bait, just like a hate watch scene. Uh, it was good lyrically. That's, that's some good stuff right I'm, there. I'm a little embarrassed to say I just realized why the title is the title. Mouthlog? Yeah. Because what you put in your mouth, you eat. What you, Who you kiss, your mouth. Yeah. Oh, mouthlog. You may have a log of what you've done. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, I was like, oh, get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of, I was chuckling to myself with the, the opening um, verse, just like a hate watch series. Mm-hmm. So... His friend Mark, um, him and I used to work at the same place we yeah. work now. And um, back in the day, kids, in the newspaper, there were daily comic strips. And Mark hated Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man with the passion. And the reason was, like, if, for one plot point, it would take like a month and a half for the story to progress. 
It was infuriating. And he would go on a rant about how much he hated Amazing Spider-Man. But every single day I would go, hey, Mark, what happened on Amazing Spider-Man today? And after he, like, exploded and had a freakout, he would tell me exactly what happened in that day's <laughs> um, strip. So it's like hate watching a series, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there was... Um... And groups for memes where everyone fights and tries to make straight white boys cry. So weird Facebook groups. Um, <laughs> it's funny to think now how, given the way that the world works now for some reason, that just normal Facebook groups become the weird ones also because yeah. they turn into just cesspools. So and quickly. that's the thing, like I, reading the, the little um, annotation about this, and it sounds like in some other songs she references groups where like she was probably going in and shit posting trying to get people worked up and uh, yeah now that's like in town groups and just pretty much any group people are doing that and it's stupid and i think another thing worth worth mentioning too is on three percent non-hiki komori which is um it's a japanese term um for basically being social socially isolated which everyone is is that right now right yeah well and it's interesting actually is uh the hiko komori i actually there's a documentary out Mm -hmm. um or it might be a series. I just read about this. So it's the Japanese equivalent of hoarding. Ah, okay. Um, like in America, generally when people hoard, like we probably, and I'm making a gross generalization here, we generally have larger living spaces here. Yeah. Um, so when people hoard, it's uh, you know it's a bigger thing, but it's like a silent epidemic in Japan. Hmm. Um, it's just interesting to hear that referenced. Yeah. So really, lyrically, um, I, I don't want to say dense but there, there's there's a lot of moving parts and i think they work really well together yeah and it had mentioned um or somebody mentioned when i was reading about sydney in general uh, she sort of got this self-deprecating um manner in her lyrics and this this is definitely like sort of like a a listicle takedown of yourself or you know, yeah. just a, not even a takedown but just a commentary commentary on uh herself yeah so, speaking of Sydney, we're going to listen to our next song called I Eat Salads Now. It ain't to say, but maybe I'll grow out of it. I'm a businessman, I don't waste time on any shit. Another fan favorite is this song. Uh, it's pretty literal. It's talking about being tired and. Um... Yeah, I was reading the annotation, and, and like um, I, I think some people may have scratched a little too deeply at this. Yeah, I, that's the struggle I have with genius, and I know you do too. Is that they just try and dig deeper into things that aren't necessarily in need of it. Yeah, like I, I, I what I'm getting from the song, I don't get that she's. Uh, thinking she's already peaked and then can't follow this up. It's more like, you know, I'm, I'm 20, I'm becoming an adult, and I hate to say it, but this might just be a phase, you know? Yeah. Like, I've, I've done this, I've done it good, but it might be on to other things. Yeah, and well, clearly, I mean, this record, I think, did better than the one before it, too. So even so, like, that feeling is not 
not true at all. Yeah. Um, I think she went on a nationwide tour last year, but when that was still allowed. Um, <laughs> so, you know, props to her. I mean, she's doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, all right. So our next track is Rat of the City. So your taste is the best Like the books that you read But I'm not a lot like you But we act really blank And stand in the same place As the standings all we do And I don't need to say There's a bat for my brain But I'm not a lot like you If I'm floating So this probably has very little to do with the song. But I was thinking of how interesting it would be to play a video game where the outcome of the game is entirely predicated on how you interact with non-playable characters. Like the first NPC you run across, if you choose the wrong thing, like you're going to lose the game. Your whole path is going that way. It's kind of like... You see Bandersnatch, right? Yeah. Kind of like that. Mm. Well, it's based on decisions you make, which I guess is any game. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, that's it's kind of the same idea because no matter what, you know, you have to make a set of decisions or else you... Yeah, usually I, I think with the, uh, especially if it's like an RPC, uh, the decisions are at pivotal points that dictate what branch the story is going to go on but the npcs the non-playable characters are usually there just to advance you from place to place or cause Mm -hmm. a side mission but if you just put it in that how you interacted with those minor more irrelevant characters is actually what was going to impact the direction of the game would just be interesting Hmm. back to the song for a second Hmm. um i get in that pink floyd vibe again like dark side of the moon kind of Oh, I could see that. You know, what's funny it was I was thinking Beatles. That too. Like yeah. a Lennon-esque. And in Sydney, if you're listening, if, uh, you know, it, I suppose it would be flattering to be compared to the Beatles at all. But if I'm mm-hmm. saying that you're like Lennon, then um, <laughs> I like what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. No, end, of the, um, end of Dark Side of the Moon. Um, crap, what track is it? Um, uh, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, brain something. <laughs> yes yeah um, brain damage brain damage yeah and the other one eclipse yes so yeah i totally I, it didn't occur to me until you said that but that totally um, get that vibe totally all right so our next track is not but for you bunny I love the fact that the one annotation on this has gotten one down vote. Because it's so... She did something stupid in front of someone she liked and was haunted by it afterward. <laughs> like, oh, your insight is just amazing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Franguins. I tried to bleach my mind the whole damn night that, that night. Is think, that, you know, like, I want to bleach my mind yeah. of this freaking annotation. I don't... Yeah, because I don't <laughs> think that's what was going on here. Actually, I'm going to have to say that this is one... Like, I... 
couldn't even make a stab at what's no, going on here. I mean, the only thing I could take a stab at is the line with the bad annotation on it. And, you know, maybe she likes somebody and, you know, like made a goof. Yeah. And, in, in, you know, when she went to that. I will have to say interview. that the line, uh, bubble bath of entropy, I, I fucking love. I, yeah. Let that be my one F for this episode. That's a great line. And I'm going to going to use that i'm going to appropriate it at some point i'm going to appropriate it yeah and i kind of i kind of get careers are on the phone but i don't care about it you know because i feel like there's that expectation in college that like you have to go into whatever career you choose because you're already here and you put all this money into it but why do you care Mm. you know especially going to school in boston i mean i go to school in boston and there's like this expectation probably at northeastern too because that's a pretty decent school that you know you're going to find a career from that school you know well in that area yeah i'm actually i'm curious as to what sydney was studying at northeastern because northeastern is a really it's like a career focused school i think that's part of their selling point is all their graduates are placed into jobs right um and i don't know that they have a um indie rock anti-folk musician (laughs) career path yeah i and i thought i knew but i i honestly don't remember what she was studying um i thought she said it in an interview or something but um yeah i i get it i know a lot of people that have gone northeastern for uh, criminal justice Hmm. which if you want to be in law enforcement i guess that's the degree you get um moving along um so the next song is persephone which is a greek goddess um i'm actually not going to play the version that's on the album and i'm going to play a live version she did because i think it showcases her talent a little more um and that is um live from uh that she did with slap um so i'm going to play that instead and yeah okay As somebody who chronically mispronounces words, even when I like I know the correct pronunciation, I really, really love this song. <laughs> <laughs> the this live version, I I wish this was the album version um, because it, she does it so well. Um, she's really talented, and I think she showcases it a lot better here than mm. on the record. Yeah, this is spot on. I think that uh, that live version also was before the record came out, so. Also reminds me of a funny story. Um, when I was in college, I I took a semester off and took some of my core classes at uh, Quincy Community College because it wasn't Quincy University then. It was just Quincy Community College. You mean Quincy College? Is it Quincy it's College? It's not Quincy University. Okay. They were trying to be it's, – it's a shitty school. It is. It's bad. Yeah, I think they lost accreditation. And it wasn't good when I went. So I, I was taking my English 2 class there and the professor and i wish i remembered his name because i hated him with a passion but um he starts the class off and he says uh today we're going to start reading antigon 
or as the rest of the world knows, Antigone. Mm-hmm. And I just shook my head and I'm like, this is going to be a bad semester. <laughs> I actually body checked him in the mall months later, dressed as the, I was dressed as the Easter Bunny. Um, and I, I recognized him out of the corner of my eye and I gave him like a full body check. So if you remember back to April, you know, uh, we did an episode where we mentioned the Beaster Bunny. <laughs> the Beaster Bunny, yeah. Same, same time frame? Same time frame, because I only did that gig once. That's that that not a repeat performance. Have you thought about doing that again this spring? Or being a Santa this year? Well, I, I fear that uh, there, I mean, there's no Santas in the mall this year. Uh, there probably won't be any Easter Bunnies um, this well, year again. I mean, no, there are. The Plaza had some. Did they? Yeah, they're just like six feet away. You have like stuff in front of the guy. You know. <laughs> so you don't Let's sit. get a photo adjacent to Santa. <laughs> yeah, you don't sit on his lap. You just sit in front of him. Oh, my God, COVID-19. <laughs> I, I suppose if I had time on my hand, I would consider uh, doing it again. But I would like to think that they have much more rigorous background checks. Not that I wouldn't pass, um, but they I mean... When I applied for the Easter Bunny job, they pretty much just said to me, um, you don't like kids that way, do you? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Wow. Mm. How times have changed. They have. Um, well, Persephone is one of the fa- my favorite tracks on the album. It's a good, good song. Um, I also like the next track called Imposter Syndrome, so we'll give that a spin. Just watch me. Was that the sound of the T at the end of the song? Oh, well, it said flight. Oh, okay. Well, it's just weird because the the furnace came on at the same time, and it was this rushing noise, and it just sounded There, there was a rushing noise at the end of the song. Okay, because yeah. it sounded to me like being on the T. Uh, maybe. She did record most of this herself, so hmm. I would give her that. But yeah, they, I guess they did say flight. Um, I was kind of thinking about the behavioral Frankenstein line. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that on Genius, a number of people uh, who may have been psych majors kind of weighed in on a lot of what's going on in the song, obviously, posture syndrome. So we're talking about some psychological issues. Nobody outs behavioral Frankenstein. And uh, somebody's mentioning that, especially with an imposter syndrome, people tend to feel like their personality is not their own, but cobbled together from pieces Mm -hmm. of other people. So my impression would be what she's driving here with this line is if you start with a clean slate and you're in a new place, people don't necessarily pick up that your personality quirks may be from other people. Like if you think of it, if you're with your family and friends and you start using a catchphrase that like your aunt Jenny uses, like your family might call you out and be like, dude, why are you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if people don't know you, they wouldn't recognize. They think it's just you. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, imposter syndrome is an interesting um, conundrum. Hmm. Yeah, I like the idea. I mean, so the cover of this album is made in Microsoft Paint. And um, it's a guy walking 
basically himself as a dog, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. One, um, but two, I mean, most of the song is is, is like talking about it's almost like being your own dog, which I know is not, it's a very surface level thinking of it. I mean, you're trying to, um, you know, what's a human being got to be like, what's a way just to be competent. So it's not about being your own dog, but it's, you know, how to be a human, how to be a better person. Yeah. And you know what? So I think a lot of people suffer with this, like how are people supposed to be? Here's the thing that I've gathered out of my experience of my human experience there is no way that people are supposed to be none of us know what the hell we're doing it's just that the majority of us have figured something out so we create a norm but in reality i i don't think there's any rule book for how people are supposed to be we're just like we're just animals just animals just animals well our last track on the album is called New Recording 180, in parentheses, New Year's Eve. I totally get the New Recording 180 thing because that is when you use your iPhone to record something. It typically will call it New Recording and then a number. So that is an, <laughs> that is an iPhone recording um, layout kind of thing. I know because I have like New Recording 9 million whatever in my phone and they're all just shitty guitar licks I came up with at one point so I wouldn't forget them and I have maybe used 2% of them. You know, nice. so um, I, I feel that on a personal level, Sydney. Um, so let's listen to New Recording 180, New Year's Eve. Welcome to the So, if we ever need a umbrella company for the Esoterica brand, yeah, can we please, please, please be Eleventh Hour Productions? <laughs> okay, because that's like my—I don't know about you, but like that's my entire life. Everything's done in the eleventh hour. Yep. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like you know, it, things might be a little more polished if they weren't, but I think that's when the best comes. Well, I tend to agree. Um, so I, I hadn't actually listened to that song in its entirety, um, before, so I enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, that riff is killer. Like she just basically finger picking that. So I can see why I should play around with that for like a year trying to figure out, yeah, what am I, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. I get that feeling. Like you, it's a new recording 180 in your phone and you're just like, ah, I want to do something with it, but like what? And and I would think again, not not being the musician here, like if you if you get like a killer riff, like you kind of want to make sure you're doing something good with it. You don't want to stick it in a shit song, right? Um, before we move on to the ending of our episode, I do want to play. Uh, I wasn't going to because it's not on Spotify, but then I thought, what the hell? Um, the No Dogs Allowed bonus tracks. The bonus track on No Dogs Allowed is is the last track it's a bonus track only available to people who bought the cd or on this youtube video that she posted so we're going to listen to the bonus track of no, no dogs allowed which is about 41 seconds long this is the bonus track on no dogs allowed burning a hundred discs inside of my house 
I think we mentioned this before in an earlier episode. I think we did. Uh, Tom Petty's Full Moon Fever um, has an interlude in the middle of it. Where right he, after Running Down a Dream. Yeah, where he says, uh, attention CD listeners. This is the part where if you had this on record or cassette, you'd have to get up and turn it over. Um, similar sort of vein. Here. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, Although I, I think it's kind of ironic because she's like, this song is not on the internet. It's on YouTube. Well, that's how these things end. Sort of, I, I guess, on a similar vein to the um, the hidden message in the wall, where if you play the album backwards, it's Roger saying, congratulations, you found the, the secret, secret message. message. Yeah. Uh, so that's Sydney Gish, and that's No Dogs Allowed. Um, check out Sydney um, on you know Bandcamp or wherever you like to put noises in your ears. Um, she is um, fantastic and a super duper fun person to listen to and a meme. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So music comes to you in many different ways. Um, I know, like, I apologize for that. Um, on the last episode, uh, well, two episodes ago, when we were talking about Jim White, and I had a whole story about how that came into my life. This is an album where if I had heard this on my own out in the wild, I might not really have paid much attention. Hmm. But my first introduction being, you know, the esoterica dive into it, um, I really dig this, and I'll, I'll be listening yeah. to Sydney. And I uh, I found this record um, browsing around, looking at Modern Baseball, which we've talked about before is one of my favorite bands. And um, their manager is actually Sydney Gish's manager, too. And I was like, ah, you know, I like Modern Baseball, and I thought I'd check her out. And um, and instantly I was like, okay, yeah, no, we gotta we got to talk about her because uh, she deserves it. Yeah, and uh, I... I think I'm going to spend some time checking out this anti-folk genre because uh, I'm mm. there's just so much. I might have to buy a yeah. Sydney Gish T-shirt. The snails a bitch. The snails a bitch. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> or you know, Sydney, uh, if you want to trade T-shirts, well, it would probably nope, be a trade. Nope. With I'll, you. I will gladly trade a T-shirt, Sydney. <laughs> uh, I have eleven, and you and I'll take one. <laughs> That's right. I, Aaron has eleven. I have ten. So, <clears throat> uh, so thank you for spending some time with us this fine day night drive whatever you like to listen to my voice talk right on so next week is christmas week it is and we have a very special treat we do for our listeners do you want to spoil that oh just really isn't spoiling so we're gonna sing christmas carols Oh, yeah, that, that would be 50% awful and 50% not so bad. <laughs> I think together it's 100% awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next week we'll be taking a trip back in time to... Yeesh, prob- yep, that time frame. Yeah, probably like 79 or 80. And listening to Christmas in the Stars, Miko's uh, Star Wars themed Christmas album. So mm. that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, no, never mind. John Bon Jovi on that one? Yes, he is. In fact, mm-hmm. is, uh, we'll, we'll go into more detail, but uh, Star Wars is a cultural phenomenon and responsible for many, many, many firsts. Uh, and Star Wars is responsible for launching Bon Jovi. So think, remember that Darth Vader is the reason why Living on a Prayer is sung at every bar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for spending some time with us um, visit esoteric at the for all your esoteric needs um, we have t-shirts buy them 
Yeah. Um, check out our various social media. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. We're, uh, we're in discussions about posting more content and certainly having more subscribers would inspire us to um, put more content out. Talking about you, Fozzie. Yeah. Thank yeah, you yeah we haven't heard YouTube. from you. One of our um, favorite followers on YouTube. So uh, Until next week. Stay esoteric. Thank you.